0: We'll get to episode 256 in just a moment. But before we do, I'd like to ask for your support of I Can See You. Whenever you need to make a purchase at Amazon.com, please go through my affiliate link by going to You. Dot com slash Amazon. That will take you directly to Amazon.com's homepage. Shop as you normally do. Check out as you normally do. It doesn't cost you anything more. And I may earn a small commission on your qualifying purchase. Again, that's I can't see you dot com slash Amazon. Thank you so much for your support. I really do appreciate it. From Studio B in Swarthmore... This is the I Can't See You podcast with David. It's like blind people for dummies. Hello there, and welcome to episode 256 of I Can't See You. My name is David, at David Benj, on all the socials. I'm really glad you're here for this episode, and I've got basically one thing to talk about, and it was my trip to Washington, D.C., last week to meet with members of Congress as part of the NFB's Washington Seminar. Now, I do have to tell you, this is the second time (laughs) I'm recording this episode. I was not happy with the first run. It was way, way, way too long. I spoke for about an hour and a half. Now, I did do a lot of things in Washington, and there were a lot of things to talk about, but I didn't go through an outline i just went from my memory and that just wasn't a good idea so i've got a, an outline here that i've gone through once now thinking about it and obviously it's all in writing and i'm wearing the headphones <laughs> so that i can easily have it played and listen to to make sure i don't forget anything so I'm going to start off with the travel portion, and I'm going to break it down in different portions as opposed to chronologically, like I did the last episode and like I typically do an episode. In this version, I'm going to talk about the travel. So the travel portion was, for me, Uber or Lyft and Amtrak to and from Washington and obviously Uber, Lyft or taxi, for that matter, to and from either my house to Gray 30th Street Station or Union Station to the Holiday Inn at 550 C Street in Washington. So the travel portion was fairly easy. I ordered an Uber and I was very leery because I've had some issues in the past where I will order an Uber and I will wait wait and wait and wait and wait and wait and wait and not get a driver. And then sometimes I'll get a driver and then I'll wait some more. And in fact, a couple of nights after I got back, I went to an event and I waited for a driver. I got a driver. It said 10 minutes. When it got down to one minute, he canceled. So I'm not sure what went on there, but going to 30th Street Station on that Monday morning, Wasn't an issue. I went in a Tesla. Very nice. The driver was nice. I don't remember his name. Everything was very smooth. I got out. Now, there is some construction going on at 30th Street Station, which I may have mentioned the last time we spoke. And it's a little different. So it kind of throws me off. The sounds are a little different. There's some barriers when you come in from the 30th Street side. Not velvet ropes, but those uh, expandable ropes that kind of get sucked into the posts. There are uh, a line for something. I'm not sure what. I don't know if there was a food place over there. In fact, the only food place there now, I believe, is Duncan. I didn't have anything because it was just after breakfast. I didn't need anything. I would have gotten a soft pretzel for later in the day, but there was no soft pretzel place open. So I went to the desk which I know when I walk in at 30th Street, I can pretty much walk straight in. Now, again, I couldn't walk straight in because of the barrier. So I walked around the barrier and walked to the desk. Someone asked if they could help me. And I said, yeah, I'm going on the Acela. And it was, I forget what time it was, 1208 or something like that. And, oh, okay, somebody can help you over at at the Red Cap. They'll take you down and so forth. And I usually don't ask for this kind of help, but I was carrying a big suitcase because at Washington Seminar, you don't show up to the members of Congress office in jeans and a T-shirt or even a hoodie and shorts. And I'll get to that (laughs) in in a little while. So you go in suits and ties and everything. So I can't put that kind of stuff in a carry-on which was disappointing because that's what I would love to take. So when I get to the red cap, a guy named Carl is helping me, and we're talking a little bit, just small talk, and I asked him if there was enough time if I could run to the bathroom, and there was, so I ran to the bathroom, and I came back, and as I'm standing over there, another guy came over. His name was John, and he said, Hi, I'm John. I'm a red cap here. Do you need some help today? I said, Oh, well, Carl was helping me, and he should have my bag And he said, "Okay, I just wanted to make sure I heard your screen reader and I uh, saw that you were on the Acela, whatever the number was. I think it was 2117 going to Washington. And I said, yeah. Now, the one thing that I forgot with Acela, they actually have assigned seats. And Carl was very helpful. And Carl was also, (laughs) I'll get into the helpful part first. He got me down to the train. But as we're waiting on the platform for the train, he's talking about all these different conspiracy theories. And then he tells me this. He says, oh, my mom's in her 80s. And you know, she doesn't take any meds. I said, oh, really? That's great. Yeah, she doesn't drink any water. I said, really? No, she only drinks soda and coffee. And I'm thinking to myself, (laughs) what do you think's in the coffee? What do you think's in the soda? Now, granted... Maybe the soda doesn't have her local water in it, but unless she's going to Starbucks or Wawa or whatever, she's drinking coffee. She's drinking water in that coffee, obviously. And I thought that was kind of funny. Here's the thing that I thought was funny. Again, it's an assigned seat. I was in car six, seat 11A. A evidently is the one against the windows. I get on the train. Carl helps me, you know, and tells me, hey, I'm going to put your suitcase here. And I said, okay, great. Um, I never like leaving my suitcase, especially when it's not right in front of me like it usually is on a regular Amtrak train. And I, I took the Acela because it was only about $20 more than the other non acela train heading to Washington at this time period. And I thought, I'm just going to take the Acela. It's a little bit nicer, a little bit more leg room, a little bit faster. And again, not much faster, probably 15 minutes to a half an hour faster after he tells me where the luggage is he said have a nice trip and he gets off the train meanwhile i don't know <laughs> i don't know where my seat is so i get to a seat and i said excuse me could you tell me what seat you're in and he said i'm in this is row 13 i said th- then went to the person next and i said could you tell me what this seat is this is seat this is 12 i said okay so that must be i said are you in 11b and she said yes and i said excuse me i'm in 11a and i sat down and i was ready to have to give Carl some money, but he ran off so quickly I didn't, and I just thought that was funny. Coming out of the train down in Washington, no one ever said anything, hey, we'll have somebody there to help you, and I'm, I'm usually okay with that. Again, not, a, not an issue, but I really have no idea where I'm going. I've only been to Union Station once a year for the last few years and usually they put me on a golf cart with other people and we drive through and come out this weird way and come out on the side street and then they zoom around to the taxi and Uber area. And I'm thinking, you know what? Nobody's asking me. I'm just going to do it on my own. I grabbed my bag, what I assumed was my bag, and I have, it's, a, it's a blue bag, which I can't really tell the color, but it has this bright pink luggage tag, which is very smooth and it's sparkly a little bit. Maybe not, might not be the most manly thing, but I can see it pretty easily (laughs) and it, and it's great for me. So I'm pretty sure I have my bag. It's rolling like it's my bag once I get off the train. And I look to see when I get off, if there's anybody, any red cap or golf cart or anything, and there's nobody around. I'm going to do it on my own. I'm going to walk on my own to the station. I'm going to do it. And I start walking and I notice that there is a woman in front of me moving at a pretty good clip that has some sort of boots on that's making a lot of noise, which is great for me. Very easy to follow. Awesome. I follow her as she's weaving through and we go into a door and she goes to the right and I follow her and I hear somebody yelling at me, sir, sir you got to go the other way. And I said, and I stopped and I turned around and it was a red cap driving one of those golf carts. I said, are you talking to me? And he said, yes. He said, you have to go through those doors over there. And I said, is over there and the way I'm facing right now? And he said, yes. I said, okay, thank you. I walked through the doors and I can go right or left. I decide to go right. And it's like a food court area. And all of a sudden, I'm having a flashback from when we were in Washington, probably about 15 years ago with the kids. And the hotel that we were staying at was right across the street from Union Station. And we wanted ice cream at night or something. So we left the kids in the room. They were 10 or 12 or whatever they might have been. And Liz and I went down and we got some ice cream from haagen or Ben & Jerry's or whatever it might have been and took it back to the hotel room. And then we watched that movie, Maid of Honor. Patrick Dempsey, I believe, was in that And we liked it. We all liked it. The three, four of us liked it. So I'm walking and I don't know which way to go to get out. So I go to the left and then I hit a dead end and it is a, some sort of food place. And I said, okay, well, let me go the other way. I keep walking down and walking and walking and walking. Finally, I get to a part where it looks like daylight is coming in up ahead to my left. I said, you know what, I'm going to go that way. I go up there, I hang a left and I get into this area and I see escalators in front of me, and I'm like, mm, it looks like I'm already on street level. What, do I, what should I do? I'm going to walk around that and see if, I can see if there are doors past the escalators, which there were, and I go out the doors. And now I'm outside, and I see cars driving, and I see, if you've ever been to Washington, the cabs are all red or maroon, I guess. And I could tell that one had just passed, and I said, okay, that seems right. It's coming from where I think I need to be, And then I realized, okay, this is probably where we drive past in the golf cart. And I thought, I'm going to go up to the corner and hang a left. And I do that, and I walk a little bit, and I'm mindful of my suitcase. Because in the past, you know, my suitcase is behind me on my left, because I'm using my cane and my right hand sweeping. But I have to remember that the suitcase is not directly behind me. It is off, off to the side. So I have to make sure... And I have to sweep a little wider because I don't want to run somebody over (laughs) with my suitcase, which I did at Philadelphia International Airport coming back from Houston over the summer. So I get to the taxi stand area, and I thought, should I get an Uber? I'm thinking, you know what? There's a whole bunch of cabs here. I'm just going to get a cab. And a guy comes over and asks me, and I said yes, and get in the cab, and we go. And the guy helps me get the stuff out of the trunk and everything. And I go to the hotel, and... Bing, bang, boom, I check in. It was very easy. There there wasn't a lot of people checking in. I only had to wait a little bit. A guy named Chris helped me, and he swore that he remembered me from last year, which I do not believe so. But whatever. He he wants to believe that. That's fine. So I check in. I'm in room 872. I go up the main set of elevators, which are directly in front of the, the front desk. So I basically just turn around 180 degrees, walk straight back, and I go up those elevators because I don't remember where that number would be in the aisle, in the hallways uh, up above. So I then realized that I could take a different elevator, so I start using the other one because it's literally like five doors down past my hotel, from my hotel room. But I get to the hotel room and I get everything unpacked that I need to hang my suits up And I took two suits because I needed a suit for each day. And I don't trust myself (laughs) not getting something on it, especially because we there's usually something on Tuesday night, a reception, which I'll get to in a little bit. And so I take two because I don't want to go to meet with a senator on Wednesday with stains or something all over my all over my suit. So I hang the suits up. And I start texting. I text Eugenio, who is my roommate. He wasn't there yet. And I get a text from Emily talking about our schedule for the next day, who the representatives are we're going to meet with. And my group was me, Chip, and Simon. And we are all in the Pennsylvania Five uh, congressional district. So I, I started texting us as the PA Five guys. Um, without the great fries, of course. And a text with Lynn and pretty much set at this point until I go downstairs and have to go to the Starbucks because I can't sit through the Great Gathering Inn, which is a a meeting of everyone. Everyone is together. All the folks from all the NFB affiliates around the country settle in and listen to speeches and things from Mark Riccobono, who's the president of the NFB. There's a member of Congress there. I forget his first name, Aguiar, I think. He was California District 3. And he was great talking about his grandfather was blind and was in the BEP. And as a kid, when he was around 12, he worked at the grandfather's BEP stand, which I thought was very cool. So hotel was pretty uneventful, nothing crazy like last year with a lunatic next door, Uh, that that Eugenio and I had who talked about having a gun and he didn't want to go back to jail and so forth and so on. Nothing like that this year. (laughs) Very calm and pretty cut and dry (laughs) for the hotel. It's great because in the hotel there's a Starbucks, so every morning I went down for tea, and the first day I had a little breakfast sandwich, the other day I had a protein bar. It's the way they handled the folks, and it seemed better this year than in previous years. Even though they've always been good with us down there, and I don't know, last year I think we paid ninety nine dollars a night for the room. This year it was one nine one eighty nine or one eighty eight, so maybe that's why they were they stepped it up a little because we were paying more. But it was a very uneventful time there. Now the. Other cool thing is we didn't eat. There's a restaurant in the hotel called the 21st Amendment, which the food is okay. The service sucks. And I did not want to eat there. But usually after the first day, Tuesday, everybody's tired. You don't want to come back to the hotel, then go back out and go to a restaurant because you're doing a lot of walking. You're in meetings all day with different members of Congress and so forth. And basically each, as I mentioned, so it was the three of us, Simon, Chip and I, we met with, and the Pennsylvania affiliate, NFBFPA, just meets with representatives from Pennsylvania. If you're in New Jersey, you meet with, obviously, with representatives from New Jersey and so forth. And the way we usually do it, Tuesday is for the House members, Wednesday is for the Senate, the two senators. And to our luck, we went over on Wednesday to... Drop something off at John Fetterman's office. And because we couldn't get any kind of meeting, they wouldn't get back to Emily and so forth and so on. So we're just waiting in the hall before we had to go to another building to meet with someone from Senator Casey's office. And as we're waiting to see if we can get a quick meeting or if we're just gonna drop off our on a packet of stuff, the senator comes up in his hoodie and his and his shorts. It was about 38 that day outside. So but we got, if you go to my Instagram, uh, at David Benj, obviously, uh, you'll see a picture of the group of us, except for Stacy, who I'm screening. She is directly behind me, and I feel bad. That was one thing with the sen- senator's folks. They did not say, oh, move over this way, go that way. All the other folks that we met with, all the House members that we got to meet with, they're like, okay, squish in a little bit this way or look this way. Nothing. They just took our camera and snapped a picture. And that was it. And so, unfortunately, I was blocking Stacy. But she was there, and you could see her daughter. So that part was pretty cool, because you could see Alana. And that was a great thrill to get to meet him. He said that he would do anything that we wanted, basically, as far as the blindness goes. And he had mentioned that he uses technology because of some issues since his stroke. He basically uses his phone to and reads what people say so when he's in a conversation or listening to somebody on the senate floor he's got his phone out and he's reading what the folks are saying which i thought that was very interesting we got to meet with him then we had to get over to the other building to meet with michael gamble mccormick from senator casey's office and senator casey is a huge friend of the nfb and uh for the blind folks in general because he has sponsored bills And jumped on if he wasn't the lead sponsor. So we met with him for a while. So all of that went very, very well. I was very happy with, in fact, the PA5 guys are the only ones that actually got to meet with members of the House. Everybody else was out of, uh, either at a vote when they got there. And the funny thing was, when we actually met with our congresswoman, who is Mary Gay Scanlon from PA5, She wasn't in the office when we got there because of this vote, but was in there when we came back. So when we came out of the meeting with Maddie, her staffer, she came over to us and introduced herself. Hi, Mary Gay Scanlon. Nice to meet you. I didn't introduce myself as David Goldstein. I said, hi, I'm Artemis's dad. Oh, yes, I'm in the Swarthmore co-op two or three times a day when I'm home in the district. And so she knew exactly who he was. So (laughs) I thought that was very, very cool. So one of the things... When I go away, I love to do is to go to a restaurant or restaurants, depending on how many days I'm in a place, that obviously I can't go to when I'm at home. And when we got to Washington, Denise Brown had texted me and said, hey, we're going to go to this place called Succotash. It's soul food and Louisiana. I'm like, oh, Louisiana, that sounds good. And I said, okay, that sounds fine. And a couple of people in the group of folks who were going to go said, no, it's a little expensive or they didn't want to go to it. So we ended up at Ooze and Oz, which was great. It's the place that I love. I would even consider going to Washington just to go to it. It is so good. And I was telling my friend Brian the other day, I don't know what it is Why some places are so outstanding with service and other places suck. Not only is the food great, but the folks who work there, every time we've been there, I've only been there three times, but twice, (laughs) twice last week. But every time we've had a different server, and I've talked about Jasmine from the first time I was there a few years ago, we had Gary on Monday night and we had Samuel on Tuesday night. Both outstanding, just incredible how great the service is. So it was so good that uh, Simon, Chip and I went, Eugenia went, Denise went, and then there was the person who is the president of the NFB of Delaware, and then there was another member of the NFB of Delaware and her husband, and the husband is cited and he drove. We had a great meal on Monday night, so we decided to go back on Tuesday night, and it was so good both times. I ended up getting, well, I got double mac and cheese. You get, I got grilled shrimp, which are just outstanding. And then I got two, you get two sides with that. I got mac and cheese and mac and cheese, which was just way too much. I was so full when I got back to the hotel room. I said to Eugenio, I said, I hope when I put my suit on tomorrow morning, it fits. And <laughs> so I put it on the next morning and I said, oh my God, thank God it fits. So... Th- When we talked about where we were going to go on Tuesday night, Denise said, would you go back? I said, sure, I'd go back. And this night, it was just going to be me, Denise, Stacy, and her daughter, Alana. Instead of getting double mac and cheese with my grilled shrimp, I ended up getting mac and cheese and fries. And their fries are awesome, too. And I knew that if I didn't eat all the fries, other folks would eat them. And Alana ate some and took some home with her. So just outstanding, and I just don't understand why all restaurants can't be as great with service as other restaurants like Ooze and Oz. So 5933 Georgia Avenue, there's another one over by Howard University. If you're in Washington or go to Washington, go to Ooze and Oz. Now I mentioned taking Ubers, and I took a lot of Ubers, obviously. I took them from my house to the station, from the hotel to Capitol Hill and from Capitol Hill to Ooze and Oz and from Ooze and Oz to the hotel and so forth. So a lot of Ubers over the last week. And then I took one the next night. After I got home on the 1st of February, I took one. And I'll talk about that last. Monday night's meeting is in the hotel. So we get an Uber from the hotel to Ooze and Oz at 5933 Georgia Avenue. Tuesday, there is a reception, which I'll talk more about in a minute, but we instead of going back to the hotel after this reception we just get in the car and go over to Ooze and Oz at 5933 Georgia Avenue <laughs> so again 5 or 600 of us coming out of this reception and maybe at this point it's not as many because some people have already eaten there and decided to go they did have a nice spread of food and I'll talk about that in a minute too but we're going over there. So we are standing on this corner. I order the Uber for Denise, Stacy, Alana, and myself. And then I message the guy. There's four of us. We're blind. We have white canes. We're on the corner. The Capitol is straight ahead. If you're coming from my left, you've got to go across the cross street there. And then we are right there. My phone rings a little while later. Hi, it's your Uber driver. I'm right down the street. Do you see me? I said, no, I don't. I said, I'm blind and I can't see you. Do you see me? We're up here at the intersection. We are right on the corner. And I know there's a lot of blind folks here, a lot of us with the white canes, but we are right here on the corner. If you come to the corner, we're right there. Nothing happens and we're waiting and waiting and waiting. Then I get another call. I'm right here. And it turns out he was across the street, not the intersection street. He was on the street that we were on, but he's across facing. He's gone from being to my left. He's driven past us, swung a UB, and is now facing to my left across the big street. And I said, we're not crossing the street. If you want us to get in your car, you've got to come and pick us up. Because this this street was a either four or five lane road. We're not going to go across and get in the car there. He said, okay, he swings around, we get in, no problem. After dinner, we get an Uber from Ooze and Oz to the hotel. I don't know what this guy's issue was, whether he was on something. He picks us up. Now, the night before, when we got in the Uber, it was a Russian guy that picked us up, Russia or Ukrainian, Eastern European, maybe. We get in the car. He makes an immediate right, right past Ooze and Oz, down the side street, then another right and so forth. On Tuesday night, this guy goes past that light and just keeps going the opposite way, where I think we should be going. And then he realizes it, and we swing a U-turn in the middle of the street. Okay, fine. Now we're heading back the right way. I'm confident now. But then he makes a right turn. I said, oh, this is different. And then we go about a block, and he makes another U-turn. Okay. Then we we get back onto that road that Uzanaz and Oz is on, so... Georgia Avenue. And he gets into the left turn lane. And we make a left onto this street. And I hear a car beeping. And then I realize he has made a left onto the wrong side of the road. And I, I, it's confirmed <laughs> when we cross over that median to get on the correct side of the road or the right side of the road. And I'm thinking, oh, my God. And I didn't say anything at that point, but when we got to the hotel, I said to Denise and Stacy, I said, you guys know we were on the wrong side of the road. Did you notice that? And they didn't, but they then did. And I I often wonder, these folks that drive for Uber and Lyft, you don't know what kind of drivers they are. And so we're basically at their mercy, and this guy was either on something or just a terrible driver. And... That brings me to (laughs) we're going home after we meet with Senator Fetterman and Michael Gamble-McCormick from Casey's office where we, Stacy, Denise, and Alana and I are getting in an Uber right in front of the hotel going over to Union Station. And we're talking and Stacy says, it's a shame we can't put that we're blind Because coming back from the senators meeting, I'm sorry, I forgot about that one. Coming back from the meeting with the senators, again, I put that we're blind. And the Uber driver calls and said, do you see me? And I said, did you get my message? He said, yeah. I said, well, in that, I told you that we're blind. He said, oh. I said, there's a group of us with white canes. We're at the corner. And we find the car and we get in. And this guy was from East Africa. <laughs> and when I told him that we were from Philly, he said, oh, you have a good basketball team. And he starts talking about Joel and Embiid and and so forth. And so we get to the hotel and he was friendly enough, if not bright, to think that, hey, we're blind and, you know, I'm right over here type of thing. So we get back to the hotel. We've all checked out because it's now two o'clock in the afternoon. So we go to the bellhop desk to get our luggage, and we order an Uber. And we get in this Uber, and this was a very, this Uber was very nondescript, except for our conversation, that is. Stacy is saying, as far as the Ubers go, if an Uber driver has an issue, meaning he's deaf or there's something else up with him, they could put that in their description, evidently. I've never looked that closely at it. But as a Rider, you can't put any of that in there. And, you know, it's a shame we can't put in that we're visually impaired. So to, you know, to look out for us. And I said, as as long as the Uber driver doesn't say they're visually impaired, I'm okay with that. I'd be okay with having that in our description. Obviously, I don't want to read about a visually impaired driver. Which then brings me to Thursday night when I go to an event to meet Andrew Leland in person. He's the author that wrote The Country of the Blind, a memoir at the end of sight, which we did a White Canes Connect episode, and I'll link in the show notes as well as to his book. It was at Bryn Mawr College. I order an Uber, and this is the day that I get one, finally get one, and then after waiting 10 or 12 minutes, a minute before he's due to pick me up, cancels. Then I get this other guy. His name is Edward. (laughs) He picks me up. We swing a U-turn, and why he didn't swing the U-turn before I got in the car, because I had to cross over my street, fortunately nothing was coming. And we get down to um, 320, which is Chester Road, and we're going to make a right to head towards the blue route, I-476. As we're driving, maybe not even a block on 320, Chester Road, he said, yeah, I've got, I don't drive too much at night anymore said, I have some trouble with the lights. And we're driving further on down Chester Road. And in this section of Chester Road, I don't want to say it's narrow, but it is not a very wide, there's a very small shoulder. There's not a lot of room for mistakes. (laughs) And every time a car goes by, he makes a grimace. And he said, man, I'll tell you, those lights, at one point, he says, those lights, those new lights, they just, I'm blind for a minute, like you, I can't see, which wasn't very reassuring. (laughs) And as we're driving and once we get into the Bryn Maw area, all of a sudden he says, what the F? He used the whole word. There is, I see a red flashing light. I said, oh, is that police? He said, no, it's a mobility scooter in the middle of the road and this guy driving it. And again, a very small road, even smaller than Chester Road. And so we go around him and we get to the college and the college was an interesting event because he didn't know where to go to take me, and we asked a student, and, and we say, yeah, he's got to go to the library. Which library? And I had to pull it up on my phone to see which library. And he ends up dropping me off, and he said, just walk through that arch, and I think you'll be there. Okay, that's fine. And, and I, did, I did get there and with the help of some other students, and it was a nice event, but I'm not going to get into that because I'm trying to keep this a little shorter. <laughs> So it is just so unbelievable to me that these drivers don't get when you say you're blind. You know, a lot of people say they're blind. Like a few months ago, when we did the siding on the house, the sales guy said, I'm just an old blind, a blind old man. And then he realized the second he said it that, hey, he's not as blind as I am. And that's another thing, speaking of blind and The difference between having a little bit of sight, even as sucky as mine is, is a lot better than having no sight and makes life a lot easier, even though it's very difficult for me to maneuver through things and do things. It is much easier, and I noticed this as we were walking around the different office buildings on Capitol Hill. Simon and Chip are both, Simon has a little bit of light perception, Chip has no vision whatsoever. It is just a huge difference. As far as Washington seminar goes, I just love going down to D.C. and meeting with the different representatives from Pennsylvania to communicate our agenda and ask for their support of various pieces of legislation that may be may have already been introduced or that we'd love to have introduced. For example, Susan Wild, who is from the Pennsylvania 7th Congressional District, We actually met with her, and she was very, very interested and has already signed on on the two bills that have dropped, 5813 and HR 1328, which 5813 is the web and software application accessibility app, as I've complained (laughs) just about every week on this podcast. So many things don't work for us because there's glitches in voiceover with the software or more likely there's glitches in the software with voiceover or the apps aren't labeled properly. Buttons are just labeled button instead of what it actually does. The other one, 1328, is the Medical Devices Non-Visual Accessibility Act. If you use a CPAP machine or an insulin pump, those things aren't accessible to folks who are blind or visually impaired and in fact chip has one of those cpap machines and (laughs) it's still set as it was set for him on the first day he got it a few years ago whether that's supposed to be the settings now or not he can't change it he'd either have to get someone to come over and help him or try and do something over facetime and maybe that would work again these are should be no brainers and Susan Wild also said this. She said, don't ever underestimate how sitting down face to face with various representatives and members of Congress, how important that is and how much it enables the representatives to make up a decision on uh, going and supporting a piece of legislation or introducing the legislation telling our stories is huge she said and hearing for her to hear our stories then she understands what we need and how important it is for us so that was very encouraging and i never i never thought of it like that but washington seminar again a lot of information a lot of great fun And a lot of mac and cheese. (laughs) In Just Listen this week, as I mentioned earlier, on Tuesday night, there was a reception. And they have one every Washington seminar, so every year, on the Tuesday night, where they have members of Congress come in and they speak to us, usually only for a couple of minutes each. But the lineup this year was pretty amazing. There were more representatives, and I, I don't remember how many senators. It might have only been one senator, but it, it was—it just seemed like a lot more. And I was talking to Eugenio as we were going back to get some food. I said, it seems like there's a lot more folks coming to speak to us this year. And I don't know if it had to do with the event was sponsored by an autonomous car manufacturer. And I want to say WAMU, which I always thought was Washington Mutual, but I I may be having that wrong. I I never saw it written anywhere, so I'm not sure exactly what it is, but there are autonomous vehicles that are right now being tested in Phoenix and in San Francisco, and I think if it hasn't happened, if it hasn't started yet, very soon in Austin, Texas. So they had a great spread. Now, I wasn't going to eat anything. (laughs) Sure, I wasn't. But we were sitting at a table, and... There was an empty chair, and a lady came and asked me, is somebody sitting there? And I said no, and she put this other older woman next to me, and that was fine. About five or ten minutes after she sat down, she said, could you help me get some food? And I said, of course I can, and I took her back and guided her towards where the food was. The problem was I wasn't guiding her. It felt like I was dragging her because she had so much trouble moving that I literally was pulling her through the crowd and then standing, and she had trouble while we were in line waiting for the food, and it was a great spread. And like I said, I wasn't going to get anything. So when I got up to Stacy, and she said, how many plates do you want? I said, I just need one just for uh, her. This lady's name was Valerie, just for Valerie. And as we went down the line, for the hot stuff, they had cheeseburger sliders and empanadas and... Uh, crab cake sliders and little chicken sliders. And we got all that. But when we got to the sweets, it was just self-serve. And so I had no idea what the things were. I couldn't see them. And I said, why don't you just take a couple? I'll grab a couple for you. And she's like, I don't know what they are. I don't want to eat them. I said, okay, well, I'm sorry. I can't help you. I don't know what they are either. And there's nobody here to ask. So we got her stuff. We went back to the table. And again, it, it was a chore to get her just to pull her across the room to get her back to the seat. And then, of course, when we got back to the table, somebody had sat in her seat and somebody had sat in my seat and Eugenia was sitting at the table. I said, Eugenia, this lady really needs to sit down. Could could you get up and let her sit in your spot? And he said, sure. And once he stood up and Valerie sat down, he said, hey, is the food's right facing where I'm facing it, right? I said, yeah, come on, I'll I'll guide you back. And so I then went back with Eugenio and I thought, you know, that crab cake did smell pretty good. I'm going to get one of those again, knowing that we were going out to eat in about an hour and a half or so. I got one of those and they also had, as I've mentioned a lot on the podcast, they had macaron, which I usually get at La Deray up in New York and they have been to a few different La Deray, some one in New York or maybe two in New York, actually, and then uh, a couple of different ones in London, uh, obviously based in France because it's a a French thing. And uh, so I got one of those. So I had the crab cake slider and I had one macaron, and that did it for me. And, and I, I could have eaten a dozen of those crab cakes again, but I knew we were going to go out to dinner. So I didn't want to, I didn't want to really <laughs> load up. But during that, And what I am about to play you is NFB President Mark Riccobono introducing Congressman Pete Sessions from Texas. And he had a pretty big hand because he was already been on board of the two pieces of legislation that have dropped. And he may be the actual lead sponsor for one of them. And he also is going to bring up an autonomous vehicle piece of legislation and I'm not exactly sure. That wasn't part of our agenda, but it would certainly help blind and visually impaired folks to what he's going to bring up. So he got a pretty big hand. So here on Just Listen is NFB President Mark Riccobono and Congressman Pete Sessions. This might be the first time that blind people get to be at the leading edge of making sure we're included. So that's really cool. We've never been drivers in transportation before. Representative Pete Sessions. Again, that was a great evening, and an, and then of course ending up at Ooze and Oz, outstanding with Denise and Stacy and Alana. The grilled shrimp were outstanding. The mac and cheese, perfect, and then the fries also good. So it was just a very successful trip in my eyes, which is funny to say down in Washington. And I, I always enjoy it. It's always good to try and let folks see in Congress what we need and how they can help, and again, it's also a little bit of socializing with folks and obviously eating at Ooze and (laughs) Oz. So that'll do it for this episode of I Can't See You, episode 256. Show notes are available over on the website, icancu.com slash 256. That's icancu.com slash 256, numerically speaking. Reach out on social media, at David Benj, on Facebook, Instagram, Threads, Twitter, X, LinkedIn, and on YouTube, where you can listen to the episode, and I promise at some point I'll have the videos up now. Funny thing is, when I did this episode, I set everything up, I hit record on my audio recorder, I never hit record to record my video. So there is no video for this episode, which I am super disappointed, but it's just how today has gone and it's just how getting this episode out has gone. But I do appreciate you listening. You can also reach me if you've got questions, comments, show ideas. I can't see you podcast at gmail.com. I can't see you podcast at gmail.com. You can also reach out by phone at 646 926 6350. You've got up to three minutes. Please leave your name in town if you do leave a voicemail. And again, same thing questions, comments, show ideas, something you've loved, something you hate product on Amazon or any place else that you think would be very helpful to blind folks or to me in general (laughs) again 646-926-6350 thank you so much for listening to this episode I really do appreciate it be well stay safe and I will talk to you next week thank you for listening to the I Can't See You podcast with David Please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. And don't forget to share the podcast with your friends.